Living in the Gray, a questions but no answers series. Living in the Gray? Well, we're all living in the gray. Now you're living in the gray. Living in the gray. Living in the gray, ay, ay. Don't talk about politics. Don't give a damn about sports. Leave that to the masses. You're part of a different cohort. Living in the gray. I am your host, E.F. Glenn. Welcome to my podcast. Oh, wow. Hello, my living in the gray soul secrets. You call me at a time where I'm taking my son to this festival and it's absolutely crowded here. My gosh. And the worst part about it is, is that I can't get on any rides. You know why? Because all of my rides have to accommodate a 42 inch person. (laughs) Fun, fun, fun for me, right? I mean, I think the only good thing about it is that I always do get a great funnel cake while I'm here. So look, this episode is about kids and the aftermath of kids, how your life changes after kids. While I hop on this carousel, I want you to listen to Tarika's point of view of raising her daughter. You have a daughter, a five-year-old. Do you, how, do you, how do you raise her in this world that is just so, you know, vain, I guess? Um, I feel like sometimes I sit and watch, and watch her and I just think like, what is going to happen when you're like 25? Like, how is this world, and I really do sit and, and think about this, how is this world going to be for you? Because she's so loving and she's so sweet and she's so um, wanting to help people, you know? And then you have more kids who are just nasty and mean. And, you know, our household is how I grew up. Like, you don't talk back to me, I'll knock you out. <laughs> I tell her she's smart because the outside world is going to tell her already. And sometimes she even asks me, like, Mommy, does this look cute on me? Yeah, that is cute. But I never hype up the fact that she is a cute kid. Okay, you cute, but what's that going to give you if you can't spell? What is that going to give you if you can't add? What is that going to give you if you can't write a book before it? Mm-hmm. I look at the long term. Right. You know, something could happen to her, God forbid, where, her, where she's not the most attractive person in the room. Is she going to be able to handle that and still be the fierce fighting personality that she is? You know, because with that comes a disconnect. Yes. Because you always think that you um, are the hottest thing in the room, so therefore, one, you don't know how to take rejection. You come with a sense of entitlement. You know, I completely understand where Tariq is coming from. I used to teach eighth grade and I saw a lot of low self-esteem in a lot of the eighth graders. And as Tariq and I spoke, we talked about her elementary students who are nine and 10 years old who are coming in with low self-esteem as well. And a lot of it is due to the imagery that is portrayed in today's society. Um, You know, and I asked Tarika to talk a little bit about that imagery. Um, And I gave her some background about when I was younger. I used to watch music videos, but I eventually had to turn them off because it started to affect me subjectively. 
Um, I wanted to emulate what I saw on television and it just wasn't me to my core. So, um, so I asked her to speak I on that. I think a lot of it is, is we're seeking something outside of ourselves. Those likes have been, uh, and loves and all that stuff on social media have taken over who we are as people. Yes. And it starts when you're young. Mm-hmm. So, in order to keep up with how you were in high school, you got to keep reinventing yourself. Mm-hmm. Instead of going out here finding a job, you have to find a thing, a gimmick. You have no talent, but you're going to find a thing. What's the closest thing to you? Your body. Do you ever have to work? I mean, do you have to work out and everything nowadays? No. Mm-mm. Get some, go, go, go trick off for a little bit in the background. Stack your coins and go get the body that you wanted. It's a hate thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about people who go for weight loss. I'm not talking about people who go get their boobs reduced because their back hurt. I'm not talking about the flat-chested woman who saves her coins and says, hey, I want to look more feminine. I want to check. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about for the women who walk out with these boobs and these asses and the first thing they do is just spread their ass on social media. You sexy, you got the sexiest body or one of the sexiest bodies on Instagram and then you got a baby by a rapper who don't even like you. So you you got all this work and, and a kid and, and, and you just a baby mom like a lot of us. You know, mm-hmm. you're no better than nobody. Mm-hmm. And he done skipped on to the next beat. You should just have your regular boy with booty and, 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 and boobs and just found regular schmegler dude and had the same situation <laughs> gears for a little bit. Remember I told you that my life changed since I had my son? Well, that not only includes, you know, not being able to leave when I want or come in when I want or, you know, sleep as long as I want, but there's a fear factor there. I'm terrified of this world as it relates to my son. I want to keep him safe and protected at all times and I want to keep him happy. But sometimes it just doesn't work out that way because the world is harsh. Listen to what my friend Tasha just recently experienced. The kids wanted to go to the playground. So this particular playground had a, you first you go through the parking lot to get to the actual, you know, jungle gym, all that. So the kids were on the swings. The swings were visible from the parking lot, but where I was standing, I wasn't visible because I was blocked by a climbing wall. Mm. So on the jungle gym, so they couldn't see me so pulling from, into the parking lot. Ah, so from the street, the kids were visible from the street, but you weren't where you were sitting right. and watching them. Okay. Right. So I'm standing there, you know, watching them or whatever. Just, you know, whatever. They're swinging. A little while after, you know, they started swinging or whatever, I hear somebody else. Because we were the only people at the, at that time, we were the only people at the playground. Okay, so right. it was broad daylight? Yeah. It was daylight, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little, like, almost stormy, but at least, you know, it was still light. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, um, the person was coming on the playground, I can hear them walking on the the rocks or whatever that is, that's the, you know, the stuff that they put there. So I'm like, okay, whatever, that's, that's just somebody else coming to the playground. So this person just goes straight D-line walking toward the kids. She doesn't see me, 
but she's walking like straight toward them and I realize she's walking straight to them so don't know I didn't I know I didn't say anything to startle her but she I scared her to turn to me and now she sees me mm-hmm. so kind of like behind her and she um says to me oh okay that's all she says oh okay and she turns and once once she said, oh, okay, in my mind, I thought, oh, my goodness, she was here to try to, you know, take the kids. Right. That was confirmed in my mind because when I turned to go and try to chase her, because she turns and runs. Well, you know what? When stuff is going and your adrenaline is pumping, <laughs> you know things slow down. Yeah. So I've seen all this kind of in slow motion. Mm-hmm. So as I turn to follow her, I see the van that she pulled up in. It was a guy driving. Her front door of the van was open, the passenger door, and the sliding door of the van was slid open. Mm-hmm. So that made me more mad because I'm thinking, oh, you was going to try to take either one or both of my kids. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they they hurry off, you know, the wheels screeching and everything. Mm-hmm. And they pull out of the parking lot, you know, and pull off. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I called the police, you know, I'm trying to get them a direction of travel, blah, 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 description of the vehicle. I didn't get a tag number because they drove off so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just kind of put the kids in the car and we left. Mm-hmm. We left and went home and then I was very, very upset, like cussing and fussing and crying and everything. Did your kids and know what was going on at that time? I, I don't believe they knew it at that moment, but I did explain to them, like, I, you know, I feel like, you know, she was going to try to, you know, take y'all. I, I always tell them, I don't care who it is, you don't let them take you. Like, if they going to do something to you, guess what? They going to do something to you right wherever they, you know, encounter you at. Do not let them take you nowhere, you know, because that's where you start to lose your power. Like, scream, holler, do whatever you need to do. Right, right. Now, you know, um, this this happened. Are you are you okay? Because we we actually these people may still be out there. So for for the listeners, we are in Maryland, and this happened in what Laurel? This happened in Laurel, Maryland. Yeah, right off of one ninety seven. One ninety seven. Oh, I That's think I know that playground. Yeah, right off of one ninety seven. It's like a football field and a playground. I think it's a tennis court or something there too. But yeah, and this was like I said about five years ago and the lady was like a, a little Hispanic looking lady. Was she short? She was shorter than me, long black hair. You see what I mean? It's such a scary, creepy, dysfunctional world out here. Oh my gosh. And so to be responsible for a life, not to fall victim to this world is a lot of pressure. Listen to Tasha as she explains something else that she dealt with that many of us deal with, and that's mommy guilt. Oh, I'm, I'm a mother. I'm a mother. I, I go to work. I come home. I cook. I try to clean, keep the kids in order, do stuff with the kids and stuff like that. But I found that that pushed me into a situation or a large situation that necessarily may not be the best thing for me. So, um... Basically, in the realm of just overall depression, I would be like, oh no, I'm just, you know, I just don't feel good at it. But it would be times where you just wouldn't want to get up out the bed, stuff like that. And then you got to really put a focus on it and be like, something ain't right. Like, this is not normal. But the main thing that kept going constantly around me was the fact that, oh, I got to do this. I got to make sure Kayla gets this. I got to make sure Michael sees me 
doing this, or he wants me to come and do this, or I gotta do that. Like, so this was even before I had Tyler. So right. I, I decided that once I got pregnant with Tyler, and all of these feelings just never went away when I went. But one of my, um, you know, actually speaking with the therapist, they told me probably one of my worst fears, mm-hmm. and that's like that I, I basically feel like. Um, I have to be like a super mom or a super woman or, you know, they call me, they call me selfless. Mm-hmm. That's what they call me because they were like, you don't care about yourself enough. Right. And in my mind, I would be like, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. They was like, have you ever been out to a restaurant by yourself and you sat and ate? And no, that's not, I don't, that doesn't feel right to me. Right. Well, have you ever, you know... Do you own a name brand purse? Because I think he looked at my purse. But that I don't. I do not own a name brand purse. Mm-hmm. But what I told them was, oh, but I make sure my daughter has name brand. You know what I mean? Right. I push, you know, I make sure, you know, the kids got everything. So that's what pushed me into being, you know, depressed. And then they told me I had anxiety because of the depression. Because I just feel like everything needs to be together and... Um, just perfect in a sense but of course we all know everything's not perfect everything's not perfect we can't be steppers and that's probably why I didn't the steppers and stuff like they were on a lot of uh, opioids yeah you would think you know like it'd drive you crazy so anyway yeah. but but go ahead but yeah but so that basically was it the thing was my perfectness only revolved around my kids mm. everything else I could care less I could care less what my hair looked like I, I could, I don't care. Like, it does not matter. Like, I don't matter. That's how I used to, no, I, I don't even want to say I used to tell myself that, but that's how it used to seem. Like, over oh, it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what you need. You need to keep just making sure, you know, you're doing everything. Even if that meant ripping and running up and down the street, you know, to make sure they get to where they need to get to and things like that. So, and even with my God telling me, you need to start, you know, won't you go get your nails done? Won't you go? Like, you you don't have, the kids don't mean nothing. That's what he would say. The kids don't mean nothing. I don't know why you're doing that to yourself. So, it, it's taken, like, a lot to kind of, like, change that. Recently, I told myself, like, every, every time you, you know, get paid or get some extra money or whatever, do something for yourself. Like, buy something. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's just for you, that nobody else can use it. Mm-hmm. It's just for you. When I was pregnant, after every um, doctor's visit, I would go to the Wegmans and get the hot food bar and sit inside the Wegmans and eat lunch by myself. Like, that would make me... Isn't that the most relaxing thing after you have kids <laughs> and you're dealing with chaos all day? <laughs> Right, of so being able to, you know, just go and do things. So that's just a little touching on the whole depression thing, how it looks. Like you would, in my opinion, somebody looking at me or talking to me prior to hearing this part discussion, I don't feel like they would have said, oh, talk to depressed. Or she, you know, she has anxiety. Right. So that, that's the scary part of it because, like, people don't talk about it. But see, now that... I feel like I'm more able to talk about it now. Like, just like, look, it's real. Talk about it. It's mm-hmm. okay. Let's do something. Absolutely. And, you know, do you feel like 
I know after having Khalil, I've experienced mommy guilt. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I feel guilty if I'm not there when he goes to sleep. I feel guilty if I feel like I want to take a trip by myself. Like I, it's this mommy guilt thing that kind of happens. Um, you know, I feel guilty if I keep him at daycare until close. Like, I feel like I gotta pick him up, you know, just, <laughs> you know, like that's not fair to keep him there till close. He's been there all day. Do you think mommy guilt kind of helped spiral you in the downward state? Um, it does, it did. Listen, I had my son at 30, and so I was kind of a late starter, but I was more settled in life when I had him. And I used to think that having a kid would complete me. And in many ways it does. But if I have to be honest, it has made my life way more chaotic than it ever was. Kids bring a completely different dynamic to your life. And that's why for me, one is good. I'm good. I'm done. Thank you very much. But for those who have more than one, congratulations to you. More power to you because the struggle is absolutely real, my friend. And for those of you that don't have any children, take a lesson from us. It doesn't get any easier. Until next time, have a safe journey. For more information about me and to read some of my work, please visit www.bfglenn.com. I am also on social media as BFGlenn. Thank you for listening to Mommy Podcast.